Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It's a Friday. It's April 23rd, wrapping up a week. And so far, midday, things look pretty darn good in the stock market. We got a huge show in front of you today. It's a special show. I'm calling it Optimism and Opportunity. Last week, I was a little harsh, doing a bit of a ranting. Today, it's all about being optimistic. It's all about finding opportunity in this market. We're going to name so many stocks. We're talking about Bitcoin and a pullback. Optimism equals opportunity. All this, so much more coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. All right, folks, once again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is April 23rd, 2021. It's a Friday. It's a beautiful, sunny day out there. I will say this. Uh, it's about eh, about to be 11-11 here in East Coast uh, AM on Friday morning, late morning. Right now, I should be on about the fourth hole or so uh, with, the, with the other guys, all the copywriters playing golf. But I've been a little under the weather, as you can hear in my throat, and I had a bunch of work to do, so... I did the mature thing, which is very rare, uh, and I decided, let's just get to work early, take care of yourself, don't go out there, eat a hot dog after the ninth hole, have a couple of beers. No, I'm going to get healthy because I have a bit of a sore throat and, and, and uh, not sleeping enough. But So we're here. And, you know, the, we all have times in life you get a bit frustrated, you're super happy, whatever. It's, it's just normal, right? So... I feel in the last week, I want to apologize. I've been really kind of giving tough love. And that's how I give my love. If I don't bust your chops, I don't like you. Uh, so that's just the way it works. That's how you kind of grow up, you know, in Pennsylvania, uh, Northeast, you know, crappy little small town. And the guys kind of bust each other's chops. And that's how it is in the Northeast, in my opinion. <clears throat> Very similar to Philly, Boston, you name it. So I apologize if some people took it the wrong way, but I'm trying to help is, is, is keep that in mind. It doesn't always come across the best way, but I am trying to help you become a better investor. And I don't want to sugarcoat it and say, oh, it's okay. Because if you're effing up, I want to tell you you are because I'm trying to save you from doing it again and hopefully build a great lifetime investing in gains and profits and meeting what you want to do as far as goals in life with the money that you need to get there. So there's, there, there is good behind it, just so you know. So today's show, as I mentioned, Optimism and opportunity is what we're calling it. So a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Bitcoin here in a second. We're going to talk about the markets. We're going to talk about the insane tax proposal that came out yesterday. We're going to talk about a couple of stocks that Kathy Wood's buying that you probably never heard of, potentially heard of, but we're going to talk about them. And then I'm going to actually take a, uh, my, my watch list. You know, I always build my watch list, this, 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 this thing I always talk about. It's, it's this living document that my analysts give me ideas. We add them in, we take them out, we buy some. Uh, it's, it's just, I love this because this is where I look every morning for just great ideas. And usually on the weekends, I add more, I do some research. Well, I had a kind of backup of a few, and these are ones that aren't in the watch list yet, but they might be. And they're kind of like on the cusp of that, of going in there. So we're going to go through a couple of those live right here with me as, we, as I analyze them and see if they make the cut if they get onto the watch list. So let's start with Bitcoin because that's the big news right now. Currently, Bitcoin's trading around 49,400. So below 50,000, below 60, then below 50. <clears throat> I told you last week, or I tweeted out that, uh, and don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, Matthew McCall. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment below. Um, and my question for the week is coming up in a second. So, so hold on for that. It's coming up in, in, in a moment here. My question of the week, though, is going to be based on uh, Bitcoin. 
And I, you know, I, I tweeted out recently that my analyst, uh, this was before it fell from the high 50,000s. He said, you know, it's got some support at 51.3. Hit that bounce, almost rallied back to 60,000. And then he sent me a text recently and after our conversation, and we talked about how he just felt like there could be a bigger pullback that coincides with the last two pullbacks we've had uh, in, in the last six months. And typically they're about 30% off uh, the high. That puts us around 43, 44,000. So last night, early this morning, the low that we hit on Bitcoin was around 47.4, let's call it. So pretty damn close to, to that level. Um, could we still get down to 43 to 45? Yeah, I think we could. We could have, especially over the weekend, you have these big uh, drops that happen quickly. That being said, I haven't bought any more yet. Um, I'm heavily invested in cryptos, as you know, and, and they've done very well for me. But I will say, if we get down close to that 45 level, I am going to be an aggressive, aggressive buyer of Bitcoin and altcoins. Aggressive buyer. So my question for you this week is, if Bitcoin hits 45 or stays below 50 this weekend, what are you doing? Are you an aggressive buyer? Do you have enough? Is this scaring you away? Are you selling? I would want to, I want to hear what everybody out there is doing. I'm going to assume most people are going to say buying, uh, but don't say that because I said it. I want to know what you truly want to do. And uh, I, I just, again, just it's, it's just fun to kind of see what everybody out there is doing. Again, I'll be an aggressive buyer. If we don't get down to 45, we hold the 47 and change um, through Saturday into Sunday morning, and we hang around here where we're at now, 49,000 or so, I'll probably be an aggressive buyer there as well because it shows it's not going to break that level in my opinion. Uh, but again, because I'm long-term, because I believe Bitcoin will hit 100,000 in the next six to 12 months, uh, buying at 45, 47, 49 doesn't make a big difference. They're all doubles. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, man, it's cough. Um, so I, I, to me, it's not, I'm not trying to get too cute, but I still think there could be one little wave down and I'd look to buy into that. But that being said, if it doesn't and it starts moving back up around above 50 by the, by the late weekend, I'll probably do, do more buying there because I'll think that that's, this pullback has been done. So that's where I stand with that and with altcoins as well. Because altcoins, I think, will follow the lead uh, of Bitcoin. Now let's talk markets. I got the S&P pulled up here behind me. Um, right now we have the S&P uh, is up around 39 points, 41.74, up about just under 1% for the day. Dow's up 208 points, about 6 tenths of a percent. NASDAQ's up 1.1%, 150 points. Russell 2000 leaned away up 1.4%, up 30 points. And um, you know, let's take a look here at the Russell 2000. I'll pull that up. This is the Russell 2000 ETF that, that's live right behind us here now. I got to tell you, I mean, things are looking good. We did some, we had some new clients come into Penn Financial Group, which is my money management firm, in the last couple of weeks, and uh, need to get some exposure to the market. So we bought into three stocks this week, uh, ones we already own, but bought on pullbacks. And I got to tell you, I, I think things are looking really good. I'll probably do some more buying this afternoon since I'm not golfing uh, for for some new clients that have some cash sit, uh, sitting around. So I, I see. Uh, I see some pretty great opportunities out there right now, which is why this is called optimism and opportunity. And we're going to talk about this here in a moment. Uh, and we're going to dive into some of these stocks that I like. And I, I will tell you one thing which I found interesting. If you look at the, the fund flows, uh, the money coming in and out of uh, mutual funds and ETFs uh, last week, 
if I look at the, the equity side, the, the stock market side of ETFs, and where the biggest outflows have been, and there's been money overall flowing into equities, uh, equity ETFs that invest in, in the stock market, but the two had the, had the biggest outflows. One was the QQQs, which I could pull up here in a second for you, uh, which is as you know, the NASDAQ 100, which we look at a lot here, uh, just pulling back from an all-time high, as you can see, consolidating. Boy, oh boy, that looks freaking great on the chart. Uh, money coming out of that, about $1.4 And then number two was uh, the ARK Innovation Fund, which is Kathy Wood, which we're about to talk about in a second. Nice little segue I set myself up for there, ARKK. And you can see, you know, this, the, the, these high-growth, smaller-cap, um, innovative companies took a beating topped out in mid-February. We've been building a base since then, and right here, we're building a bit of a triangle. If we break above the 125 level, probably around the 130, above 130, we go back to highs. I don't know how long that takes, but uh, it's something to keep an eye on, and I think there's some great opportunity. I, I like the fact that there's money coming out of technology and growth, because that means people are just giving up. They're putting money in the market, but they're giving up. And I like the fact of that because you take the contrarian view when somebody gives up on something. So I, I, I like the way that that is acting right now. So um, we'll get into Kathy Woods in a moment, but there's one other thing we need to discuss. And uh, I posted something on Twitter yesterday. I think people kind of went at me, uh, both good and bad. And it, it's about Biden uh, and the government right now. Not just Biden, but Biden proposed it. Uh, increasing the uh, capital gains tax from 20% to what would essentially be 43.4%. You take a look at some states like California, uh, New York, when you throw in the local taxes, you're looking at 55 to 57% you'd be paying on your gains of investing. It's insane. And I don't want to get political because this isn't a left or right or Democrat or Republican. This is my little rant for today. Then we're going back to optimism. It is about understanding how economies work. It's about understanding how capitalism works. It's about understanding what the stock market really is. It's not a piece of freaking paper. When you buy into a stock, you are a part owner of a company. Imagine myself and my producer wanted to start a business right now. What do we do? We, we raise some money, right? We got to get some money. We go out and people invest in our company. They're issued shares in the company. They are now shareholders. You take that away and you punish people for investing in innovation and entrepreneurs and the future of this gosh darn country. Because why would you want to invest if you're getting paying this much? Because you were smart enough to invest in a company that was successful and back the right entrepreneurs. How is that bad? If you disincentivize people to invest in the stock market, where does that money go? Sits in cash? That's not a good thing, folks. We want money going to stock market. The other angle to look at is, the stock market is the best way for the average American to create wealth. For the average American. I think starting businesses are probably the greatest way, but not everybody has the ability to do that. For the average American, the best way 
to create wealth over the long term. I'm not talking trading. I'm talking investing in solid companies. You're not buying a ticker symbol, folks. You're buying into a company. This is investing. Just please keep that in mind. So the fact that they're trying to crush people with that, God dang, it just it gets me irritated. It makes my stomach upset when I see this stuff because it just shows the lack of education of our politicians, again, on both sides. And of course, they earmark it for... Um, you know, healthcare and, and children and education. So if you're against it, you hate kids. Of course, they'll make you, they'll make you sound like, a, like an evil, evil person. One last note on this entire thing. We wouldn't need to be raising taxes if the politicians didn't spend like drunken, freaking sailors. Actually, I take that back. That's an insult to drunk sailors. If they didn't spend, they're spending our money when I walk outside and, and, and beautiful Baltimore here, and I realize city tax, state tax, I'm paying out 10% of my income. I just got my royalty check. 10% of that's going to this city and state. Where the hell is it going? The schools are falling apart. The roads are terrible. It's not safe. It's one thing to pay taxes and to see what is my return on that? Am I benefiting from it? Where is this money going? If I thought the government was going to spend this prudently and put it to good work and truly help children and truly get our education system better, hell yeah, take my money. I'm all for it. But the fact that I have zero confidence in our government and our politicians to spend this money wisely, let the entrepreneurs like myself keep it. Because I'll tell you what, we will reinvest in more businesses. We will hire more people, which is great for the economy. Let us build this country and keep it going. Not the politicians. We're not here to make them wealthy. It is not their money. It is not their country. It's our money in our country. You're representing us in a really shitty way. So there's my rant. Back to optimism, folks. <clears throat> All right. So let's go back to Kathy Wood. I want to come up with, three, mention three stocks that, that she's buying that you may not even be aware of uh, that she's buying, and they're, and they're smaller. I had some exposure to these, and this was just not by design. I mean, it wasn't by design. It just happened to be three that I noticed that she's buying that people probably never heard of. One is Beam Therapeutics, uh, B-E-A-M. You can see the chart on there. Hold on, let me zoom out. Went a little long there, but actually it did go public, as you can see here, back in 2020. I got to tell you, I love apples, but there's something going on with my internet right now. There's something going on with my computers right now. It's driving me absolutely bananas. So, all right, there we go. There it is. So this is Beam Therapeutics. This is one of our newsletters way back here. It ran all the way up to 120, back down to high 60s. Now it's at 75. I love this opportunity, this pullback. Um, their number one drug is Beam 101 is, is in the name of it, uh, going after sickle cell disease. You know, a lot of the genetic companies going after sickle cell disease. CRISPR is going after it as well. Uh, another stock that we have in a newsletter, which I love. So uh, I, I like Beam here. I like this pullback. Keep in mind, though, a company like Beam is very early stage. Uh, they are a company that is very far from uh, making uh, money at any point soon. So you have to keep that in mind. This is this is a long, long-term play, uh, higher higher risk as well. But Kathy's been buying quite a bit of it for her uh, for Arc funds. Another one is um, 
such a cool name. Jaws Spitfire Acquisition Corp. What a cool name. Symbol's stupid, though. It should be better. SPFR is a symbol. And this has a definitive agreement to merge with uh, Velo 3D, V-E-L-O-3-D. It's a 3D printing company. And uh, what I love about this is they already have deals with some big, big firms. They're already working with Honeywell. They're already working with SpaceX. And you've heard me say this time and time again. I believe that 3D printing, uh, personally, will be one of the uh, biggest trends uh, that we're overlooking right now. So you take a look at this chart, and you can see it ran up to 12 after the announcement of the deal, came all the way back down to its $10 level. It's at 10 and a quarter right now. This is, uh, again, uh, when it comes to the SPACs, uh, they have been so beaten up, and a big reason they've been so beaten up is the fact that they got ahead of themselves, but then again, I say this all the time, that pendulum swung. So ones that SPACs were going up, that shouldn't have gone up. Some should have, not all of them. SPACs are getting crushed now. Not all of them should be, but some should. So it's just, again, it comes down to, it's not easy anymore, but it's simple. You look for solid companies that trade at good valuations. This is one of them. I like that she's buying it. I think this is a, a, a great upside potential. Uh, the next one we're going to take a look at here uh, is Open Door. Uh, this is one I have uh, for some clients at Penn Financial Group. Uh, this was a SPAC. It's a Shamal SPAC. Uh, it is a uh, uh, online uh, platform to buy and sell homes. Uh, you know, think Zillow, Redfin. And what I love about this company and the upside potential is uh, what, what we call I buying, you know, internet buying of, of homes is only about 1% of all transactions right now in the United States. So the upside potential, even if it gets a 10% penetration, which I think it's going to be eventually 100%, but it gets a 10% penetration, that is 10x from where we are right now. That means this company, Redfin, Zillow, all these related companies should do very, very well. And you can see the pullback that this had. Uh, you can see the stock ran up quite a bit. And Ned pulled back. So I, again, I, I think this pullback is a great opportunity. Uh, of course, uh, I, I do have some exposure to this, as I just mentioned, uh, through clients at Penn Financial. Um, but but I got to tell you, I really, whew, this this these types of pullbacks, the way that they just beat these stocks up, uh, is mind blowing to me. But again, uh, Kathy Woods buying uh, some as well. But those are three stocks I wanted to mention because I feel like they're not the most popular stocks. Um, some people may have never heard of them, so let's share them with people now. The fun part. Let's get into taking a look at what really stocks that could make it to my watch list. And I will tell you, they're not my typical stocks. They're all over the place because when it comes to building a portfolio, you can't just have gross stocks. You have to have some other stuff in there. So here, let me take a look. Uh, the first one we're going to take a look at, and there's a couple foreign stocks on here, which is nice. They trade here in the United States, so don't worry about that. Uh, this one we're taking a look at right here is um, Compass Group. Again, you probably never heard of it, but let's take a look and, and, and see what the numbers tell us. First of all, the chart looks pretty damn good. If I take a look at this, you know, it's, it's trading just, uh, just off a high here, just off about a nine-month high. But what, what's interesting, it's, it's, a, it's based in UK, and uh, this company, they operate kitchens, basically, um, you know, the food service industry in universities and schools, sports facilities, you name it. So think about something that was hurt pretty bad. That is a sector that was hit pretty bad. It's got about a $27.7 billion valuation, uh, pounds, not dollar pound valuation. Uh, if I take a look at future growth, the top line growth isn't huge, but I think that's going to be bigger than it, than it says, about 8% annual growth. However, 
the bottom line. They took a beating in the last year because a lot of things were closed down. I uh, expected to grow 36.6% annually over the next four years. Uh, so again, this is one of those great grand reopening plays, but it happens to be in the UK. And if you take a look at UK and, and vaccinations, uh, it's they have a hell of a rate, much better than, um, than, the, than the rest of Europe. I mean, they're not part of the EU anymore, but much better than, than the rest of Europe, which, which is really good news. Uh, so you see more and more people get it. Uh, th this could be uh, the type of uh, great grand reopening overseas. Again, uh, too many times we, we tend to just you know, you know look at just the United States. We don't look outside the borders. We have to realize, though, folks, that there's a lot more going on outside the borders, too. We can't overlook that. Uh, so I, I think this is one you really, really want to keep an eye on. Uh, if you take a look here, there's uh, a great little stat. It shows total vaccine doses per 100 people. And these are for countries with, uh, with at least 1 million people. Israel somehow is 119. I don't know if that means they got the first and second shot. I don't know how the hell you go over 100. Uh, but this is per 100 people. Uh, the UAE, 97. Chile, 69. The fourth one is UK at 64. Uh, US is at 63. So right there with it with Bahrain as well at 63. Uh, so it's one of the better performing. You're, you're seeing people get it. And, and that's that so far has been uh, some really good news uh, for the UK. So that's one to keep an eye on. Another one I'm going to take a look at here. Uh, this is Magna, M-G-A. This is a uh, car company or auto parts company, not car, auto parts company that I've been keeping uh, an eye on for a while. And this one I, I think is probably definitely going to make it onto the watch list. And, you know, Magna to me, you, people think of the old school um, auto parts makers. And yeah, it's, it's an old school auto parts maker. It's about a $35 billion company. Uh, but what I like about it is it's really preparing itself for the future, uh, making powertrains for electric vehicles. Uh, they have deals with both Fisker, uh, the uh, EV company, as well as LG, which is a, a huge company based out of uh, Asia. And there, there's rumors, again, this is pure speculation, folks, uh, that there's a potential that w because of deals they have with LG, that they could land a deal uh, with Apple when Apple decides that they want to make their electric vehicle, probably eventually autonomous vehicle. That would be huge. So this is one I, I do like. When I look at future growth, uh, where we're at, I like that the pay ratio is two, which is not, not bad in this day and age. Uh, revenue is only expected to grow 7%. But again, I think a lot of people are underestimating uh, where the company is and where it could go. Uh, bottom line growth uh, is supposed to grow about 19, or sorry, yeah, about 19%. 2024 is expected to bring in uh, $9.60 a share. Uh, with a stock that is currently around 120, uh, that's that's very undervalued to me. Uh, so I think there's some big upside potential, and it's the kind of company. It's not overly aggressive. It's a nice diversification uh, stock for your uh, average portfolio. Another one that's kind of, I guess, out of the realm of what I normally look at uh, is GLNCY. Uh, this is Glencore. Uh, as you can see here. Pretty nice charts. Run up. It's consolidating near that high. Um, Glencore is a uh, resources play, you know, and I don't talk much about that because usually people turn right to gold and I don't like gold at all. Uh, gold's falling again today. Uh, but this is, it's, it's a fairly large company, first of all. It's, it's about $35 billion company. And uh, they produce uh, um, copper, cobalt, nickel, zinc, lead, uh, you name it. Uh, uh, vanadium, uh, lumina, aluminum, iron ore, tin, a uh, little bit of everything. Uh, founded back in 1974, uh, headquartered in Switzerland. Uh, I, again, this is a, a play, though, that could be considered a play on um, taking a look at 
future of EVs, because the future of EVs, the future of batteries, even though I believe solid state will eventually be the winner, but years down the road, until then, a lot of the resources I just mentioned uh, will be needed. Um, so I take a look at future growth, about 9% annual future growth in revenue, about 26% uh, bottom line. Uh, boy, I, I, you know, I, I like the way this looks. And, you know, trading, uh, you know, where it is, it's, it's fairly inexpensive, I dare say that, uh, price to book 1.4. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's one, to it's definitely one to keep an eye on. And again, it's, it's, it's really a really nice chart right there as well. Uh, so it's got some nice technicals behind it. Uh, the next one we're going to take a look at another foreign one, which people are thinking, where the hell am I coming up with these ideas? But, you know, there's nothing that excites me more coming up with ideas that nobody knows. Or Glencore people probably have heard of. Uh, but here's one to take a look at as well. And I didn't know much about this until recently. And this is ASM International. So ASM International, symbol ASMIY, uh, trades here in the United States. Uh, but it is... Uh, it is a, uh, did I put that in wrong? ASMI, okay. Uh, I, it, it trades here in, in the States, but it is a, uh, obviously a foreign company. It trades as an ADR. It's about a $15 billion company. Uh, it is based uh, over in the Netherlands. What I like about this is, you know, we've had an issue with uh, semiconductors, chips, you know, really kind of uh, having supply chain issues. Uh, this does some semiconductor wafer processing equipment. So the equipment companies, I think, will be very uh, attractive and look really good going forward. This is one, again, flying on the radar, but it is a uh, $15 billion company. So it's not like it's, it's some small company by any means. And, you know, I, I like the growth pro prospects here. About 12 to 13% in both the top line and bottom line. Uh, you look out and by 2025, uh, it, it's it's... Trading at the P/E ratio, uh, very attractive in my opinion. Um, right now, the P/E ratio is 43, a little high, but the growth is solid, so I like that. And again, demand for chips is not going anywhere; it's only going higher. And you look at this chart, boy, oh boy, it just pulled back from a high. It looks pretty damn good to me. Man, we're gonna stick with some obscure ones. I'm not even gonna be able to pronounce the name of this one. I'll be completely honest with you. Let's see if I can at least pull up the symbol. The symbol's even weird. The symbol's XJNGF. Zhizheng um, Goldwind Science and Technology. It's a major uh, wind power player uh, in China. And you're probably saying to yourself, what the hell is he doing? Has he lost, you know, gone off his rocker here, finding these crazy-ass companies? No, but I got to tell you, I, I love finding companies that, again, look at this chart, breakout, pullback, um, so it's forty. It's worth forty-three billion or forty-six billion yen. Which, if I can convert that for you really quick, I'm, I'm not that fast with numbers in my head on Friday. Especially when it comes to yen or not yen, sorry, uh, yuan. Uh, it's about eight point two billion dollars U.S. There you go. I did it for eight point two billion dollars U.S. Um, and the thing is, it's not just a pure China play. They're actually uh, their products are here in the United States as well, so that's that's kind of cool. It's not just a pure China play, but uh, this is a a major player when it comes to wind. Uh, China has come out and they said they they really are going to look to uh, lower their carbon footprint, and they have have been doing. It. I think they're going to continue to do that, um, which leads to big money being spent over there. That being said, I also think you're going to see big money being spent here as well. Uh, pays about a 1.2%, 2.6% dividend. Um, boy, I really, I just, li I just like where it's at. I like where it potentially can go. Uh, I look at the growth prospects. Revenue is not huge uh, growth, but uh, bottom line about 16.5%. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, you're trading at a, a fair valuation, PE ratio 19 and a half, peg ratio 1.2, price to book 1.6 in a booming sector. Heck, I like this. I, I like this company a lot. Doesn't trade much here, so you have to be careful you're buying something like this. Oh man, another form. I, I promise, I think this is the last form one I'm putting out there. But again, they all trade here. They're very easy for you to buy. Uh, this is IDEXY. And uh, you've probably heard, I think I've talked about this one in the past. And this is another play on the great, uh, great grand reopening. And <clears throat> I, I, again, I'm going to uh, butcher the name, so I'm not even going to say it. Um, but they're, they're known more by their brands. Zara Brands, Z-A-R-A. You probably heard of that. Uh, uh, Massimo Dutti, uh, Berkshire, uh, Zara Home, uh, Oisha, O-Y-S-H-O, which is a really cool store for women overseas. Um, founded in 1963. I, I believe that the founder of this is still one of the richest people in, uh, in Europe, billionaire. And uh, I look at the valuation of this. Um, I, boy, I just... I really think you're going to see Europe really open up and be strong. I think there's a lot of pent-up demand there, and I think it, it really is, is, is being overlooked as a opportunity. Um, I, speaking of fund flows, I saw last week one of the ETFs with the most fund flows coming into it was a European ETF, uh, which is kind of interesting. I think there's, there's some real opportunity over there. Again, great way to diversify a portfolio, folks. Uh, look at the chart. chart looks great. Looks like it's about to break out. Yeah, and not much you can argue with with there. Uh, now let's go back to the states. I had one more foreign one, but we won't, we'll st we'll go back to good old America, where they're going to charge us forty three and a half percent when we make money in the stock market. I'm just kidding, but I hope I actually I hope I'm kidding. Select quote uh, SLQT. Uh, it's a newer IPO. I like this chart though. You know, it kind of formed that J. And and I always tell people, people ask me all the time, do you want to buy the IPO when it goes public? No. Because almost no IPO opens up and never pulls back. They almost all pull back. Look how this pulled back. Formed a J, broke out, now consolidating. Great level right here to me. This is where you want to look. Uh, this company is founded back in 85, uh, but they help... Um, you know, people with, with insurance. It's a select quote, you know, uh, direct-to-consumer model of, of um, basically comparing different insurance companies. And now it's all online, obviously. It's a little bit different uh, than it was back in 85 because we didn't have the internet back in 85. We did, but we didn't. So I look at this and uh, I see a company that's got nice growth, 22% uh, top-line growth, 37% bottom-line growth, uh, with earnings per share going up to about a buck eighty two years from now. Uh, so that makes it pretty dang attractive to me. Uh, and, and again, you're looking at revenue coming in about $2.1 in a couple years. And, and the valuation of this company is only 4.8. So it's, it's in an area where the insurance industry is being uh, disrupted. You know, no more kind of knocking the door, sit down. It's all, show me what you have online. Give me the qu quotes and let me choose. And I, I like where select quote is. I like where it's going. Uh, so that's one that will most likely, again, make the, make the watch list. I, most of these stocks don't fit into my normal wheelhouse of real high high growth. But again, great, solid companies and good trends. It doesn't matter. Like we obviously always want growth and they have growth. It doesn't have to, not everything has to have 80% top and bottom line growth. Uh, it's just not realistic. So looking behind me here, uh, you can see what I pulled up. And this is uh, Big Five uh, Sporting Goods, BGFV. I mean, it's a hell of a chart, folks. You know, it's got crushed last year down, you know, 
my goodness, it was below a buck. Now we're back to 17. Um, BGFV, uh, it, it does exactly what it sounds like it does. It, it's, a, it's a sporting goods store. Uh, BGFV, uh, it's about a $343 million company. So it's, it's, it's a small company, folks. This is a nano cap, if you will. You know, I, I, I look at this and I think, again, um, where are people going to be spending the money? The fact that we have un, you know, the, the all-time high in checking and savings Anytime I've gone to the mall or been near mall or been anywhere, the sporting goods stores have been the most uh, crowded. And I just don't see that going away anytime soon. And we're looking this year for uh, estimates of about $1 billion. So that means it trades at a price to sales of about 0.36 right now, 0.35-ish. Uh, we have a, a PE ratio right now of 6.8. I mean, they're pricing this to go out of business, basically. And, and man, I got to tell you, and it's not just them. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, DKS. Uh, look at this great-looking chart. I, th I think this is a great play as well. Uh, we've talked about this one in the past. And with uh, DKS, a little bit bigger company, $7.6 billion. Uh, and then what, there's the other one I talked about a, a few weeks ago, ASO, which is Academy Sports and Outdoors. It kind of falls in the middle, about a $2.8 billion company. But look at the charts, folks. They all have great charts. ASO is great. You know, broke out, consolidated. Man, that's exactly what you want. So again, another area that you don't want to overlook. I mean, let's just go through this real quick. We talked about Compass Group, which um, <laughs> a, a reopening trade in UK you probably never heard of. You, you know, running kitchens in sporting uh, facilities, universities. Uh, Magna MGA, which is auto parts company, but is really pre preparing for the future of electric vehicles. Glencore, GLNCY, uh, industrial resources, metals. Uh, ASM International, one you've probably never heard of, semiconductor wafer processing equipment, ASMIY. Uh, Xinjiang, Goldwind Science and Technology, if I pronounce that wrong, uh, please forgive me. Uh, wind Power in China, Wind Power Here, Future, ESG, symbols XJNGF. Uh, then I did IDEXY, which owns uh, Zara Oisho, uh, a great reopening play uh, in Europe. Uh, then we did Select Quote, SLQT. This is insurance, uh, you know, basically, but it's in more of an online play now. And then we did Big Five Sporting Goods, Academy Sports, Sticks. All uh, again, reopening uh, retail and sporting goods, uh, where the trend's going. So I have to, t I have to tell you, folks. I, I, I look at this list, and you're probably not going to be as excited when when I show it to you. But damn, we're here to make money, and this is a great way to diversify your portfolio. And let's take a look right now before we wrap up the show. S and P is up just under one percent, not far from an all-time closing high. Uh, some of the growth stocks that that we have that have gotten shellacked. Uh, a lot of them have held up, uh, held up the last couple of days. A lot of them are starting to come back. Uh, I like the action I'm seeing right now. I, I think we've we've gotten all the weak hands out, as they say. All the sellers are gone. Uh, sit down at a poker table. In the first hour, all the weak hands are out. All the guys, all the suckers are out. Now it's sitting left. we got the real players at hand. Let's get to work. And that's what I'm seeing right now. So I hope some of these stocks I shared with you, you know, kind of get those juices flowing. Uh, we want to be optimistic. We want to find opportunity. And I did a bit of a rant, yes, on taxes. But I got to tell you, folks, I'm still 100% optimistic on this country, where we're going, the economy, the global economy, reopening, getting people getting vaccinated, getting back to normal flying, you name it. I am optimistic. And because of that, it means there's opportunity in front of us. So don't forget the question, are you buying Bitcoin on this pullback? That's a good one. Also, if you want to put in, you know, what makes you optimistic? What makes you feel like we have great opportunity today? Uh, put that in there as well. So enter this weekend thinking of that. O squared, opportunity, optimism. 
optimism, opportunity, however the hell you want to say it, but O squared. That's the theme for this weekend and going forward. So I hope everybody has a safe, wonderful weekend. Get out there, hug somebody, tell me you love them, spread the love. The market's looking good. We're coming back. Your portfolios are probably coming back too. It's all right. We don't go straight up. But we'll be more optimistic going forward and looking for the opportunities that are right in front of us. Have a wonderful and safe weekend. We'll be back here Tuesday. I'm Matt McCall, and that was your Money Line. The Money Line with Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.